1: What's going on? We're back in postgame form here after the Ravens take care of business week one over the Houston Texans. Final score is 25 to nine. Welcome inside the vault powered by our friends at CyberTech. I'm Bobby Trossett as always joined by my co-host and partner Sarah Ellison. Lots to unpack. Lots to dissect. Mixed emotions. Hard not to overreact in some ways. Um, you're all over the map, right? It's 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 hard to do a post game show like this first and foremost, because there's so many different angles we can take. You can go the win. You can go the electric Zay flowers debut. You can, you can go the return of Odell Beckham Jr. You can go a stellar defensive performance amid injuries, but how can you not start with what's hanging over everyone's heads in Baltimore and beyond? And that is their injury department. And not only the injury department, but what is headlining that department which is unfortunately the fact that not only is J.K. Dobbins done for the year, but the Ravens are currently down four of their sixth highest paid players, Sarah. And it's just hard not to start there. Our hearts, first and foremost, go out to J.K. Dobbins, who tore his Achilles tendon. Sarah, we went from seeing him Superman leap into the end zone in the first half to going down not long after. And it's just incredibly gutting for a guy who we talked about so much this off season goes into the final year of his rookie deal after the hold in no long-term security. It's gutting. It's heartbreaking. And we have to start there.
2: Yeah, we do. I, I do want to though, mention the win. (laughs) I mean, uh, the win um, was expected And they got it. It was never really close. It could have been a a much bigger beating on the Texans. Um, And so we'll get into that. There was a lot of sloppiness. But yes, let's get to J.K. Dobbins. Um, My heart aches for him. Uh, It really does. Like it just, man, I mean, he sat out and he held in to avoid injury. That was what that was all about. Partially, yes, it was contract. He wanted to get paid. Um, And I'm not even going to get into... This will be a discussion for another time on what this means contract-wise and all of that. Obviously, this was all um, in a contract year, and he was, you know, really protecting himself, hoping that he could just come out and be okay. And... um, man, it just kills me because he works so hard. All these guys do. And the last two seasons have been totally affected by injury. Um, Obviously the preseason injury in 2021, 2022, he tries to come back, ends up having to get that mid season surgery after the, the cleanup, you know, and then he comes back, he's looking better than ever, but never quite hit that sixth gear. He comes out today gets into the end zone with this amazing Superman flying run that had, we'll get into that too. Excellent blocking on that play. And, you know, I felt like Patrick Queen, he probably had the most emotional reaction to it. Let's play that. Uh, Yeah, let's play it, and then we'll react on the other end.
1: Just for our YouTube audience, some of you probably checked out the Ravens press conference everybody was rusty today not just the team but also in the audio department so what we did was instead of playing for you on camera reactions like we typically do I went and grabbed the audio and leveled everything up within our our, our software so again this is courtesy of Ravens Productions in audio form and here's Patrick Queen emotionally speaking about his teammate
2: J.K. Dobbins uh, that guy you know a good brother of mine oh uh, just it hurts to see that type of stuff happen to somebody so good. So um, just a good person, good good athlete. Um, obviously, you got a stuff going on, and it's just tough. Uh, I just ask everybody, just pray for him, pray for his mental, pray for Marcus's mental, pray, pray for those guys. Uh, just stuff like that. That's why he went in the situation that he went in. You know, uh, it's just tough. It's just, it hurts, honestly. It hurts a lot.
1: Sarah, you know, beat gamer ninety nine. Just quick little clarification in the live chat. It really is the last three seasons. Twenty twenty one was going into that summer with the with the torn ACL. Last year was the scope in season that caused him to miss time, and here he is now in twenty twenty three before it really even begins. So we're talking about two years of time, three seasons, which is just again, it's gutting.
2: Right, yeah, I was definitely referring to the last two seasons that he's been through, and then this will obviously be yeah. the third. But to to, P, to PQ's point, you want you want to know why somebody gets so emotional. Like, obviously, people get angry at home, and, and you're frustrated, and you might think, you know, it's fantasy teams, or maybe some people do care about J.K. himself, but it's like, when PQ said, like, pray for his mentals, mm-hmm. and you think about... Bateman who's been through similar things. he's lost that on the last two seasons the, the, the basically from the middle on um it does it does something to you mentally. This is what you live for. this is what your life is built around. this is what you've sacrificed everything for and you just build up for these moments like there's only 17 of these every season and you sacrifice so much to be here. I man, J.K. Dobbins is a tough person, both mentally and physically, and he's going to need that toughness more than ever mentally now. He's done this before. He's come back before. J.K., you can do it again. Keep your head up, man. Like PQ said, my prayers have already started to go up for him.
1: More reaction from around the locker room. J.K. Dobbins, as if you're just tuning into the live stream and you haven't so, seen it, even though it's been all over the NFL world. He suffered a, an Achilles tendon tear, which ends his 2023 season, not even a game into the campaign. And here is Lamar on JK.
3: That's very unfortunate, you know. Um, I, like I feel like JK been busting his behind, you know, to get back on that field and you know just show the world what he's capable of and to help us out along the way. Like, like I sp- I spoke highly of him, you know, this offseason just letting everybody know like we really need him man. For him to go down with a season ending injury, that's just very unfortunate for us. Not just him, for all of us,
1: because that's our brother. You hate to turn a page so quickly, Sarah, but in the NFL, you have to. And so the Ravens did in-game, riding with Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and and even Lamar, of course, in that category. Rushing-wise, Lamar actually led the team. Six carries for 38 yards. Gus goes eight for 32. And Justice goes just eight of nine but a multi-touchdown game. <laughs> you and I exchanged a couple tweets on this during the game. He's a glue guy. He's been around for several years now, not talked about often, certainly not a, a you know bell cow, but somebody who's always prepared. For the most part, I actually think he, he tore his Achilles a couple of years ago, but aside from that, he's durable. He is, is used in so many different situations, and, and you're going to need a guy like that down the stretch now. And so, of course, we're probably going to see Melvin Gordon be called up from the practice squad here eventually so that they can ride with three backs. And we know that Keaton Mitchell, the undrafted rookie who made the 53 won't be available until the very least week five. So again, you hate that we want to be sensitive in the sense that this is kind of like we're, we're paying tribute here to JK and whatnot, but at the same time, they got to turn a page and that's probably what they're going to be doing here in the coming days.
2: Well, and unfortunately JK is the one that's confirmed that's out, but there's several other, injuries which I know you alluded off to off off the top and by the way that that tweet that you showed from Jonah Schaefer showing that it was like four of the top highest six paid players right now he doesn't make this list money-wise but he's just as important as Tyler Linderbaum you add Tyler Linderbaum to that list so
1: yeah will you actually read that list I never read it in the beginning
2: yeah yeah so so the the Ravens are down four of their six highest paid players that included Ronnie Stanley uh, Mark Andrews, who, by the way, reading um, articles, the Ravens had him inactive, reading what Jeff Rebeck said, he said that he saw Mark Andrews in, the, in his limited role during practice and he didn't seem all that compromised. And he wrote that this seemed to be more of a precautionary move to get him ready for week two against the Bengals, uh, which paid off nicely, uh, even though there really wasn't a lot of um, – Production from the tight ends. We'll get into that. So, anyway, Ronnie Stanley went down uh, with a knee injury. Mark Andrews with the quad being cautious. Marlon Humphrey, as we know, with that foot, the surgery he had. Marcus Williams went down during this game with a shoulder injury. He never came back. And then Tyler Linderbaum, who obviously is a key starter, um, he went down with an ankle injury. And um, we just, you know, took some screen grabs on a couple of these. There's JK obviously going back <clears throat> with the trainers to the locker room. This one uh, is Ronnie Stanley. You can see um, his knee got rolled up on. Sorry, um, that one
1: scared me the most because uh, I don't know how he walked out on his own power. Both he and Linderbaum. After check. Not just grimacing. Check. Yeah, right. This is the screenshot right here for our audio only audience. This is the textbook definition of nightmare when you're an offensive lineman in the trenches and you get rolled up on that ankle is sideways perpendicular adjacent whatever you want to call it to the turf right that text is on Linderbaum's right ankle and he and Ronnie both different injuries different situations on the field sat down and laid on the ground in agony and somehow each one of those guys got up and walked off on their own power.
2: And and Bobby, let me say this, just because I had a couple of people on Twitter come at me with this. We are not going to pretend that these injuries, look at this, we're not going to pretend, we're not going to turn this around on the Ravens and John Harbaugh and the strength and conditioning people, okay? You can go after strength and conditioning if there's a bunch of soft tissue injuries. You can go after John Harbaugh if these guys are getting injured in the preseason. John Harbaugh did everything he could to protect his players this preseason, everything to the point that we saw how rusty they were. So somebody came into my mentions getting mad at Harbaugh. When is he going to be held accountable? This, how did John Harbaugh get held accountable for this with Tyler Linderbaum? Look at that. John Harbaugh cannot stop playing. We are playing football. At some point, you have to accept that injuries are part of this game. Look at, look at Again, the one with Ronnie Stanley, that's getting rolled up on. There's nothing John Harbaugh can do or this training camp can do to stop those type of injuries. We've had Kadri Ishmael on before. We've put the Ravens to task. We've had Derek Wolf on before. We've put the Ravens to task. We've talked about training some of these guys and how they run and all that. So some of these soft tissue injury, soft tissue injuries and all that, yes, you can try to help prevent those, you can help prevent by not playing in the preseason, but we're not going to play this game where we're somehow when offensive linemen get rolled up on that's John Harbaugh and the training staff's fault. Yeah. This is football.
1: Echo that talk to him. The rest of these guys are going to get MRIs in the coming days. So we'll have more information on them. The only real news in the injury department, which is more than just news, it's a headline, and obviously it's devastating on a number of fronts, is that JK is done for the year. So do we have any other injury news to cover before we transition?
2: Nope. Just that they're all going to get MRIs. So um, let me just, let me just prepare you when John Harbaugh is inevitably asked about it tomorrow at his uh 230 presser. Um, this is how you decipher it. If he says it's not serious, it means it's not season en- ending. If he says it's serious, it means that it could be season ending or hmm. either it is, or it could be. Mm-hmm. So he. Th- probably isn't going to give much more information than that. Yeah. So that's how you decipher it. Anything else than that, you can't read too much more into it.
1: But again, those three that we're referring to, more information, MRIs, forthcoming, and all that, Ronnie, Linderbaum, and Marcus Williams. So Correct. Something to look out for in the coming days here. And what's crazy, and Jonas Schaefer from the Baltimore Banner just logged this this statistic, five cornerstone players have played zero zilch nada snaps together in their entire career that five Lamar JK Mark Rashad and Ronnie and yeah those are cornerstone pieces of this team it's it's un it's unfathomable when you see JK walking down the steps barely being able to put any weight on his ankle in week one of the 2023 season after everything that he's endured this offseason after the business Decision that he made this offseason. It is unfathomable, but I guess we have to fathom it because it's fact and it's true. And that's where the Ravens sit right now. Lots of reaction coming in on Twitter from several Ravens pouring their heart out, matter of fact. So we'll get to that in just a bit. Odell and Lamar have both tweeted out just within the last couple minutes or so. So we will get to that. Of course, we'll get to your questions as well. But I wanted to first tell you about. Today's exclusive sponsor. They're not only sponsoring our opening month here on the post game show inside the vault, but as you heard last week, starting tomorrow, Monday the 11th, we have a brand new partnership coming up with Roquan Smith, where we will be speaking with him exclusively here inside the vault across our platforms for 10 weeks throughout this season. We're so thrilled about it. And we have our friends at Cybertech to thank because they are sponsoring the Roquan Smith show. Inside the vault, and also the opening month here in post game form. So, again, Cybertech, a next generation local recruiting, resourcing, and outsourcing firm, a new way to acquire resources. Whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff, or seeking to outsource a business or technical function, Cybertech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, Cybertech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. Cybertech has over 40 years of combined experience in working with some of the largest organizations in the Baltimore area and nationally. So you can meet me, you can meet Sarah and the Cybertech team for an introduction. You can go to the link that we have included in the show notes across all of our platforms, regardless of what which one you're tuning in from today uh, on the bottom of the screen. Or you can send an email to info at cybertech-es.com. Again, all that information is in the show notes. And we thank Cybertech for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore. Where do you want to go next?
2: Penalties and sloppiness. Goodness Um, gracious. (laughs) So the Ravens ended with 13 penalties for 106 yards. Just to put that in perspective, the Ravens finished with, uh, now my computer's freezing up here but the Ravens had something like oh here it finally came up 265 net yards okay so put that in that's like almost a third you know a penalty yard so you're either taking them away from yourself or you're giving them over to to the Houston Texans like that was just sloppy 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 now obviously we can have some grace (laughs) and some patience Again, this is what happens when you want to save your your starters from the preseason. Yeah. I'm for that, especially when you have this week one opponent. When you still have a convincing win, twenty five to nine, I think I predicted it to be thirty to seven. You know, we were both, so we're not,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, we're not that, we're not, we're not that far off. You know, and the Ravens certainly could have easily put up more points. And again, it's because of the sloppiness. So. I predicted 30 to seven, this is 25 to nine. So we're not that far off, Mm -hmm. but you, you do get frustrated because it could have easily been a bigger blowout. I mean, it could have been 37 to three, you know what I mean? Um, So you have the grace though, because you just pointed out from that tweet from Jonah Schaefer, these guys have not played together. And whoever you asked after the game, whether it was Lamar, whether it was Zay, whether it was John Harbaugh, Patrick Queen, all of them. Hey, do you feel like, you guys are going to get smoother. Zay Flower is probably the most emphatic. Oh, absolutely. He's like, now we're going to know how to get the operation down and all that. The thing that concerns me the most is like, okay, I do think that they they will get smoother. But I am concerned about the offensive line, especially when we need to find out what's going on with Ronnie Stanley and, and Linderbaum. I mean, my goodness, if you lose those two. But there's probably no position group, Bobby, that's more affected by not having time together or having time together than the offensive line. So there were several times that I saw these guys get beat. Maybe they weren't passing off blocks to each other well. you got to know when to like, you know, double one guy and then come over here and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Will Anderson, the number three overall pick rookie he was a problem. In fact, I've got one screen grab here. Um, Let's see here. Him against Zeitler. I think Zeitler actually um, got beat a few times by him. Let's see here. Here we go. So you see the, so this one right here, he's getting past Zeitler on this one. And this is the one where Lamar Jackson ends up scrambling for the first down. I think he ends up, you know, scrambling for quite quite a few yards there. Um, the one where um, Lamar threw the interception in the red zone, which, by the way, Lamar held himself accountable. He called it a BS interception. And it was – now, listen, two things can be true at once. On that play, just like on this one, Zeitler lost to Will Anderson. Will Anderson beat him on the inside. Yep. So – Lamar, for most of the game, was running for his life. That being said, two things are true at once. Zeitler got beat. Will Anderson was right there. Lamar made a bad decision. Two things are true at once. So overall, and and Lamar also held himself accountable for his turnovers fumbles. He had two fumbles. One was lost. Uh, Zeitler did get the the fumble recovery on the one. Uh, I couldn't tell if Lamar, I'll pull this up too. We have a bad angle on this one. Um, well, this one's where he got fu- – where he fumbled. And I'm just – for the audio only people, they've got a – this is the one where he's scrambling and he's got the football way outside. He's not, you know, tucking it. And so they they knocked out the ball easily. Zeitler recovered. Now, this one I don't know. I want to see another angle. I couldn't tell if, Lumber, if Lamar fumbled kind of the ball. He already – he secured the snap. And then – He looked like he was going to bring the ball up to get ready to, like, get into throwing position. I can't tell if that movement, he just lost the ball, or if Justice Hill came in here and hit him. I don't know. He didn't make that clear in the post-game pressures that I heard anyway. So either way, like, those types of things, you want to see the offensive line clean up. You want to see Matt BK, he had two two, um, penalties, face masks. Travis Jones, just, you can't do what he did where you extend the, the, the your arms. You can, like, say that this is, like, soft NFL, all that kind of stuff. That's true, but Travis Jones needs to know better. So, between Lamar's kind of, like, turnovers, uh, the offensive line, just sloppiness and all their penalties, the defense and their penalties, it was just sloppy all around. I really do think they're going to get it under control quickly, but – the longer it lingers, the worse it is. So let's, let's nip this in the bud very quickly.
1: I think it's going to feel like a loss in the locker room tomorrow or whenever they're, I guess tomorrow's like a recovery day in a lot of ways, but whenever they hit the film room this week, preparing for week two, Ooh, but you're right. It's it's a general sloppiness. And I guess if there's a positive side of that statement, it's that there was a general sloppiness all throughout the NFL and all throughout the AFC North to this point, 542 Absolutely. right now, Eastern 425 games are currently going on. But the one o'clock window was extremely sloppy and very injury prone, too. By the way, I've am seeing a couple of tweets here, one from DeKid Gowie, one from Jonas Schaefer, who basically put the quarterbacks of the AFC North in a list. Gowie puts the pass rating for all four quarterbacks, and Jonas puts the EP EPA per play. It, it, I'm not going to go through every single one of these. It's putrid. It's putrid. Like <laughs> Lamar led the, the, the division in pass rating with a 79 five Burrow was a 52, two what 48 hours, not even since he signed the record setting deal. And then Lamar also led an EPA per play with a negative 0.06 Burrow was a negative 0.48. So just across the league there was a rustiness there was a a sloppiness I know it doesn't necessarily make you feel better but when you don't play in it pre-season, should I I hope so that's what I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to bring a little bit right like we don't want to be too negative off the top here and we do have positivity coming because Lamar and OBJ is poetry in motion Zay flower is a bad boy he had 25 of his freaking family members and he showed out right Roquan we're going to speak with him tomorrow he broke a record we'll get to that in just a bit so there was plenty of, of positive, but it did yeah. look like your classic week one. And when you don't play in the preseason, it's expected.
2: I feel like the most telling quote about that is, you know, the, the media had asked John, like, hey, are you going to be talking to your players about like the sloppiness and the penalties? And, and John's like, yeah, I do that every year after week one, because this is a problem after every week one thing. But and it's like what you, what you said, though, it doesn't make you feel better, but it absolutely should. So what we try to do is cover the game. So we covered the sloppiness, we're covering the penalties, we're covering the turnovers. But it's also what we want to do is put that in context. And that's exactly what you just did. You didn't look, Joe Burrow had a was worse than all the other AFC quarterbacks. Is that what you is that what you said from that tweet? Like his in both categories. uh, In both categories. So he was the worst.
1: We'll get to this in the whip around. But since he lost to Cleveland twenty-four to three. So we'll get to that in just a bit. It was a disaster opening week for Cincy. We're talking about a win in this one since he's over here, like 24 to three to Cleveland and Deshaun. Sorry. Continue.
2: Well, and that was by the way, let's just go down that road. That was after, remember how disrespectful Jamar chase was before the game during the season, calling them elves and all that kind of stuff. He's like, I don't think much about Cleveland because they're just Cleveland. And like, We say that as analysts, but players and coaches aren't supposed to say that. Jamar Chase. So now that Jamar Chase and the Bengals just lost to him 24-3, then he's like, well, I'm just frustrated because I called their butt elves, but he calls, you know, and we just lost to some elves. Like he's still. Well, stop
1: running your mouth then. I know you guys have, the last couple of years, you have emerged and brought Cincinnati back to relevance, right? Led by Joe, led by your receiving core, led by Zach Taylor. But you guys speak like Jamar speaks so out of pocket. And I know he is incredibly talented, and some of it is he's earned that right. But gosh, is it obnoxious? And he ate his words. That's what he did today. He ate his words. And I don't even hate Cincy. I know a lot of people out there do. I really like Joe Burrow. The guy is, he does have an arrogance to him. And Jamar is certainly <laughs> arrogant, but these dudes are, are skillful. But today, they ate their words. And as a fan of football, you can appreciate that because Cleveland talked to them.
2: I'll put, I just want to be on record. I don't like the Bengals, okay? I don't like the Bengals just like I don't like the Steelers just like I don't like the Browns. So we may differ a little bit there. Um, but what I was trying to say when we both got off – off because I went with you. I went with you down the rabbit hole of We're the Bengals. We're off the rails. In there, Look at the comments the- <laughs> section. We're off
1: the rails right now. Who Dude, I'm looking – We.
2: We, we have, have 319, 319 comments right now. I don't even know what to do. Listen, <laughs> right we got over those.
1: 700 concurrence across platforms right now. You think we care about a script? It's a week one win, baby. <laughs> it's over 700. We got R- Uncle Roe coming on the show tomorrow. I've been up since 4 a.m. officiating a wedding in upstate New York. Then I drove down to the Be More Around Town tailgate. I was chugging energy drinks. Uh, not rum and coke. Can't, can't drink that when I'm on the air. But I'm drinking like Red Bulls. I'm drinking these random these literally random energy drinks that people are bringing over to me because they know that I'm like dead. C-Mac came on the pregame show, Sarah, Edwin Molotalo, Avante Leach. I mean, I'm, I'm wired right now. I need a Celsius and I'm ready to rip this post game show because I'm fired up about what we're building. I'm fired up about this week. Regular season is here. Roquan's coming inside the vault exclusively tomorrow. Do you hate me yet audience? Cause I'm jacked up. Let's go. <laughs>
2: what they don't know is literally when you called me to let me know that roco inside the contract we were talking about the weekend and you were like i was like i'm nervous about you post game are you going to be exhausted by it because i knew what your schedule was and you're like i'm going to be so hyped up on all my energy drinks and here you are probably the hypest i've ever seen you (laughs) i bet your heart rate is like off the charts right now so (laughs) bringing us back around to what we were going to say before we went down the the, the the Bengals rabbit hole. What my point was, because I was saying, like, let's cover the penalties, the turnovers, all of that, but then bring it into context. So let's bring it even into context oh, more. Wait, and I think this wait, drives...
1: Sorry, I got to interrupt what? you. Breaking news, not the type of news that I want to share. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, is reporting that Marcus Williams is feared to have torn his pectoral muscle... Oh. He's going to have an MRI to confirm. But remember, Marlin a couple of years ago, had that same exact injury towards the end. And again, that's the breaking news from Ian Rappaport. Marcus Peter, uh, Marcus Peters, Marcus Williams has torn his pectoral muscle reportedly.
2: Well, that's the initial fear. Oh, wait, no, I'm looking at Diana Russini. Okay, let's go to Ian. I He's a little bit more... Yeah, feared. Yeah, he's feared to have torn his pec. So that's the, yes, that is the one that Marlon Humphrey had. And he did come back, right?
1: Well, he came back. He came back the next season. He had an entire off season to oh,
2: you know, happen. Do you remember if I'm what week? Mistaken,
1: maybe somebody can help us out with this since we're live. But I remember it being down the stretch, the final quarter of the season, maybe even like 16, 17 or 18. And he, I think he was back and ready to go the following year. But again, that's a significant Injury.
2: It was December 6th.
1: All right. So that's a little bit earlier than I thought, but
2: yeah. Well, so that's why he didn't come back. I, I do wonder. Wow. What the return time will be. My God.
1: Yeah. He's
2: go, man. Can the Ravens catch a break with these friggin' injuries?
1: Mm. He has really had a rough go. Cause he had his wrist issue last year. Yeah. Right. And, and man, he, they spent a lot of money on him a couple of That was, that was a very uncharacteristic free agent splash from them. And he's looked apart when he's healthy. That's the, that's the problem. Oh, to, dude, that pass
2: breakup he had, that pass yeah. ba- breakup when like CJ Stroud threw it up. I mean, I said to my husband and son, I was like, don't throw it up like that next to Williams. You're lucky that you didn't get picked off, you know, like. Oh, uh, he never missed more than two games in a single season in four years in new Orleans. Mm. My goodness gracious.
1: Five games and five seasons with new Orleans. He missed, he's missed seven for the late Ravens last year alone. And now. Yeah. What's Jeff, funny. so Jeff bigs referring to it as a chunk. And to me, that that's kind of what I was thinking. I wasn't sure if it would be the full year. And again, we're, we're in speculative mode right now. This is breaking news. So bear with us. Yeah. But yeah, but that to me, hopefully it's a chunk like last year was for him. Seven games is right. a chunk. Ten right. would be a chunk. But right. but hopefully it's not. At least, hey, we'll see you in twenty twenty-four, JK. You know?
2: So he'll he'll go on IR. He'll be put on IR um Monday or Tuesday. Usually they do a lot of these things on Tuesday. Um, and then the hope would be that he could be back for the for the stretch. I was about to say it'd be nice to have Chuck Clark, but I mean, he's, he's, he's out for the season too. He's He's down too. So that means it's going to be Geno stone with Hamilton. And, uh, it's sure a good thing. The Ravens kept all sorts of DBs. (laughs) I mean, they got a lot of DBs and Hamilton, man, the more he can like the quicker he can turn into like the number 14 year old, the expectations of a number 14 overall pick. Right. I think he was 14. Um, the better that'll be. So Bobby, I'm going to try for the third time to finish my point.
1: <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. You. I just felt like, obviously that was, that was warranted.
2: <laughs> you had to, you had to, uh, all right. We'll get well, Marcus Williams.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm moving on. I'm I trying know. to move
2: on, but that's, that's your interception guy. That's the guy who makes your picks.
1: Right. You can okay. Ill afford it all at right. this point. It's, 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 mm.
2: Okay, well, we'll we'll dive deeper into that.
1: One final time, one one final time. I'm going to blame Cincinnati for this unreal tangent, but I asked Chris McAllister today pregame before everything took place. I said, C-Mac, how concerned are you about the defense, specifically the DB room? And he looked at me and he goes, Baltimore, you think I'm going to be worried about the defense? Excluding 2021, I'm not worried. They are a next man up philosophy. And you saw that today, but again, another big time name in Marcus Williams is going to miss at least at the very least a chunk of this season. So we'll see, hopefully see max words rain true. So sorry to cut you off.
2: No, I'm going to go down this a little bit longer. So you have Adam 78 here on the screen. He said, Worley will be brought up for safety. Um, Quite possibly. Isn't Worley the one who said, yeah, I moved to corner and he played really well at corner during the preseason, but he can definitely go back. I mean, he said he would, he he couldn't would go back. And I feel like, was he active today? Daryl. Or am uh, I thinking of somebody uh, else?
1: I want to say right, well, Worley was Worley was active today. Yes.
2: Yes. Okay. That's I don't what know how I much I he was used. But yeah, no, yeah, no, for sure. So, but but he'll be the depth. They'll obviously have to sign somebody else, but it's gonna be it, The two starters are gonna be Hamilton and and Stone. So that's that's Sarah, who it's the, gonna be.
1: The, the two elevations from the practice squad just to be thorough here were Worley and mustafer and mustafer ended up coming in for Linderbaum so they they the,
2: yeah. the perfect people to bring up to elevate that's exactly where you got hit yeah. um and and you needed somebody and yeah like you said mustafer came came in um so but 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 Worley was there if, if they needed him so um all right so back to what i was trying to say about burrow so he had the worst stats of anybody in the afc north and this is bringing the point home about you know not being able to play together in the preseason you know there's a chance he was the worst because he played the least he's the one who had the calf injury so here we are talking about you know the offensive line lamar jackson the the holding call the the face mask all of that we're saying well no preseason is going to become is going to make you be rusty in week one so joe burrow of any quarterback got the least amount of experience lamar didn't play in the preseason but he at least played in training camp uh burrow didn't have that so the point is these these things have a real effect and i remember listening to um um former ravens tight end now on um shannon sharp he was saying I needed the preseason. I needed it. So that's why he was like, I can't, I can't, you know, say the Ravens are going to take off an offense because it's a new offense. That's the other thing is you didn't play the entire preseason and this is a new offense. Mm-hmm. And so what I did like about this new offense, kind of moving into like the Todd Munkin era, yeah. um, boy, was it fun to see some of those when they, when the Ravens started striking, great todd rome todd i went (laughs) down munkin (laughs) todd munkin like went for the jugular like we we go on it we get a 29 yard catch with obj boom let's go right back on it that was when Linderbaum got hurt like we get a catch here we're going right back to zay flowers like there were times bobby last year i feel like you know when we're taking notes or we're tweeting in between plays you had time to do it with greg roman like, there was no time for notes once the Ravens got rolling because Todd Munkin was so quick with the new calls. They got to the line. There's no time for substitutions, Texans. You guys are going to have to, like, start sucking air because we're going. I yeah. love that aspect of this new offense, and we just saw flashes of it. Yeah. Man, you're telling – if if this is true, what we're saying, that like, you get more time and you're going to be more smooth, let's go with that because – that's just going to put defenses on their heels.
1: Yeah, there, there were a couple exceptions. I remember what a legal formation was called on Gus Edwards, if I'm not mistaken. So there were there were kinks, as we know, we've already covered it. That there was over 100 yards yep. negated in penalties. But, but it was refreshing to see the sense of urgency, to see the pace, to see some of the chemistry. And we should probably transition into Lamar's chemistry with some of his playmakers. And we'll begin with Zay Flowers, who Sarah... I mean, as advertised yet again, stop us. If you've heard this before, Zay finishes with, let's see here, a game high, nine receptions for 78 yards, a long of 21, 10 overall targets. So the South Florida boys were cooking. And how about this though? Those nine catches for 78 yards set a franchise record for receptions in an NFL debut, or at least week one. That was something that Jonas Schaefer tweeted out. So Zay immediately dives into it, and Harbs talked about his presence out there.
3: Yeah, I saw the plays. You know, he, was, <laughs> he was out there. and He was going to play a lot. But, you know, it's, uh, I just, I'm proud of him. You know, I'm proud of him. And he's going to tell you, he's going to get up and tell you, only so many things he, he expects to even do better. Right, Zay? Yes, you know? So, yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, Zay, uh, Lamar, uh, OBJ, I mean, um, you know, um, um, Bate played so well. The whole receiving corps did a good job. Nelson did a great job. Uh, so I'm proud of all those guys. Uh, I don't want to forget my other two guys. So, you know, the, the guys, you know, Tylen got after it in special teams just a little bit. And uh, so we're good.
1: We'll get to the other guys in just a bit. Here's Zay speaking to his comfort level, which we've already heard about.
3: I remember I, I was up here last time. I told y'all that I'd get used to it. I said something like, I'd get used to the speed of it. And today I slow it slowed down for me.
1: And it was better. Sarah, the body language, what he would do after a big play. He knows he belongs. He talks as if he belongs. He plays as if he belongs and he looks like he belongs. And that's just, we're in week one. It's transitioned from preseason to regular season. It's still early. It's only one game. Yes, it's Houston. Guy looked like he belonged. Check.
2: Check. There, There is no moment that is too big for Zay flowers. Like it just is like, he meets each moment and physically, mentally, all of it. He just is there. I remember reading the Ravens website, did a cover story on him. And he's like, I don't need to read anything about me. I already know everything there is to know about me. And I know what I can do. I already know I'm going to be good. You know what I mean? And he wasn't saying it. Like in this cocky kind of way, it was just like, it certainly wasn't like a Jamar Chase kind of way because, you know, he's not disrespecting of the others. It's more like I just believe in myself and and he does. He doesn't get carried away with it. He just meets the moment. I will say this. I will say this. <clears throat> I, I'm sure Todd Munkin was calling a somewhat vanilla game. He He did show, you know, the tempo and all of that. I don't feel like they pushed the ball down the field too much. Obviously they didn't have, have Mark Andrews out there. So I think they were conservative with that. The one thing I would say though, probably my least favorite thing about Todd Munkin's play calling today was when he went back to back plays with Zay out to the left um, hash mark. Like the first time it got, it got blew up. This is in the fourth quarter. Um, it got blew up and it was one of the few times they didn't score in red zone. I loved, they were three for five in the red zone, big improvement from what we saw last year. One was because of that, that one interception from Lamar. And then the second one was because of the sequence. Like I was like, what, what are we doing? Two times out to Zay out there. They blew it up the first time. Why, why go right back? So, um, so I, I'm all here for Zay being massively involved. You know, I picked him to be the, the receiving leader. Uh this season. Pretty good and so I'm all f- yeah. Well that and David Ajabo. I'm glad I I like I showed my belief in him, him coming out with that sack strip. Let's go, David ajabo We'll get to that. Um, so I, I just want to make sure he doesn't like overplay that hand. Like, I'm all here for like if, if Zay Flowers is leading the way every game, fine. But don't forget, you've got other playmakers. I just felt like that that back-to-back sequence that was probably Munkin's low point. But overall, I, I I liked the the new the new wrinkles and the and the change in the offense. Um. So, but but to your point, Zay Zay was phenomenal. Then you let's move over to OBJ. Now, I believe he only got targeted, um, three, three times. times. Two of them he um. Two of them, he drew a pass interference. And then the third time, he had a gorgeous, oh, I wish we, I wish the NFL would let us share plays, but we can't do it. That was such a gorgeous, like, a 29-yard catch. First, the separation he got, and then Lamar threw a pretty gorgeous ball. And the way he tracked it over the shoulder, mm. over his head, and pulled it in perfectly. And then, as you pointed out on Twitter, he comes out of that. It's it's just one catch, but it is 29 yards. He came out, and I'm showing the picture, the, 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 the still shot of it now. He comes out and just screams. He belts it, belts it from his chest. You pointed out, I don't want to steal your thunder. That's clearly just like... Man, I haven't been out here for 500 plus days. This is what I've been missing. This is what I wanted. So that was a moment for him.
1: 18 plus months of agony, pain, frustration, uncertainty unleashed is what I tweeted.
2: That's what he's you, back. there you go.
1: Unleashed. You know, the CBS announcer said he's back. The highlights say he's back and his clear emotion says that he's back. I can't imagine how incredibly satisfying that is because You can only do so much in terms of preparing yourself for a season when you're on the other side of 30, Sarah. And I'm sure even though you'd never say it publicly in the media or whatever, I'm sure there is a sliver of doubt or at least a certain percentage of what if it doesn't work? What if I didn't do enough or what if it's completely out of my control? So I'd imagine that, that heavy uncertainty that weighs on you was a part of that just unleashing. And I'm, I'm thrilled for him because that feathery catch, that feathery pass from Lamar, his tracking ability by Odell, and just the fact that that was poetry in motion as if they've worked together for years, bodes well for what would be you know, a full season together. It's one week in; They haven't played any regular season football together. No preseason. So
0: if that's a sign of things to come, two thumbs up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.
2: Let me let me read this tweet because what we're saying is clearly what he felt. So he writes, always God's plan and never your own. LOL. God really got a sense of humor. I'm grateful for the dub. Just got to keep grinding. But dang, it felt good to be back out there. That part was in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> he says a lot of, lot of work put in that nobody seen just to get back out there. So I'm proud of myself for that. We finna get poppin' flock nation love.
1: Can you believe this guy is a Raven, right? Like, didn't you have those still. moments throughout? I mean, the, the, the visor and that three in the home uni, right. Purple on white. I mean, it's, that was clean. Oh, that- and I, I had to kind of like, there were times throughout the game say to myself, like, this is, yeah, this is actually happening. And I know you have a couple of videos as well as, as yeah, here it is. He's rocking a little Dion Sanders. Colorado drip in the beginning of his pregame warmups when I mean that's a whole show itself his his daily you know weekly ritual pregame I and mean, people show up early for that but what Dion's doing by the way with Colorado already equaling last year's win total through two weeks or I don't even I can't remember they only had a couple wins if that maybe one or two wins last year they're 2-0 and off to a heck of a start ripped through Nebraska and Dion's son looks to be an early candidate for Heisman anyway. So he's showing he some does. love to the OG and then but course, on the back of that t-shirt some love yeah, what's on the yeah back? well,
2: on the back of that t-shirt, by the way, it's it says Revenge tour and it's just got the Raven schedule on the back. so oh, that's the, that's that's what I love though about this this like version that we get this more mature veteran version of him like you just watched though, it's gonna happen real quick. the media are going to be like, well, look, Zay is like, breaking records right what did you say what would you what did you say the record was with zay like he the most of what of from a rookie
1: zay had the set of franchise right, record for receptions in an nfl debut
2: boom okay so you just watch people are going to make this out to be like a jealousy thing because obj got one catch you know and only had so many targets versus versus zay but like that's not where OBJ in his, is in his career. And by the way, one of these games within seventeen, it's going to be Zay that only has one catch, but it's yeah. a big one, and it'll be OBJ that goes off. And so it's like, but this this more mature version of him is not like he's just happy to be back out there. Yep. He's not he's not worried about all that kind of stuff, you know. So the other thing, it's something that so that I, first,
1: just to hold myself accountable, that's something that I was hesitant about, wondering if that could potentially leak into the, you know, the next chapter of his football career like it has in other places. And so far, so good. It's a long season, but so far, so good. And he has proven me wrong through one week.
2: And so not, I always love that you hold yourself accountable. That's great. Um, so not only did he give love to one former Raven in Deion Sanders, but then he gives little love. i didn't realize that had audio to it but in his pre-game uh tunnel entrance he kind of did uh, the ray lewis squirrel dance you know oh, kind of yeah. paying respect to to uh the og raven the legend and uh he he does obj he knows how to just latch on to a city's history and just like you know give give love and respect to it though so, That was pretty cool seeing him come out doing the Ray Lewis girl dance.
1: Oh, completely. I mean, he just, he has a way about him that respects those that have come before. Also carries his own, right? The guy's got an entourage wherever he goes. And it's the biggest, this is the biggest star power that's ever played in this town. I don't think that's a debate. Now, granted, you could go back to the days where there wasn't social media and the great Cal Ripken and Brooks Robinson and Eddie, right? And all the, all these guys that have come through on the baseball side of things and, and, and mentioned those, but it's hard to compare because they just didn't grow up with, which I guess is a knock against, shouldn't be a knock against them if they didn't grow up in the social media area, but whatever, I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to open up that box. That's going to go down a rabbit hole. So.
2: And Bobby, before we fly, I know we gotta flip over to the defense. We're gonna do that next. I just want to do one more play. And we've been talking about the wide receivers. One more that I forgot about Zay. Did we play that already? Which one? The one where he talks about the, the game already slowing down. Oh yeah. Yeah, we played it. Oh, we played. Okay, never mind then. That was I was I knew that we did the Harves one. I couldn't remember if we did the the other one. So all right, let's flip over to the defense because my goodness, Roquan Smith who is now a partner of this, yo, okay, and is going to be on here tomorrow. We'll we'll pin down the time. We're still figuring out his lifting time and all that kind of stuff, but it will be up Monday afternoon. That dude with Patrick Queen, okay, is the heart and soul of that defense. And the Texans, as much as I respect them, I know they love their new first-year coach. He's been there for quite some time as a player and now as a coach. He, he looks like they have he's got this Texans team on the right track. Yeah. That being said, him testing Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen with his rookie quarterback in week one on all these fourth downs was not a smart decision. These guys from the beginning – did exactly what we had said we wanted them to do, which was just smother him. Absolutely smother CJ Stroud. Um, Roquan Smith was all over the field. And I got to get, I got to get this up here. Um, I want to show, I got two screen grabs of these guys on defense. Here we go. So here's the one of them. So this is Patrick Queen. Remember they went... On fourth down, Patrick Queen busts through the offensive line and sacks C.J. Stroud. And the crowd at MIT T. Bank Stadium just went crazy. C.J. Stroud did not have a chance. Then the one that Roquan blew up, I believe this was right after the Ravens had already forced a fourth down. They punted. And then, again, back to sloppiness. We don't need to keep coming back to it. We already said it. We went into it. In depth. Uh, but they had to come back out, and he was fourth and one. And instead of punting again, they decided to go for it. Roquan Smith was not fooled. They try to do some misdirection. Roquan Smith wasn't fooled even a little bit, goes in the middle and blows up the run short of the first down sticks. He and PQ were all emotion, were all strength. These guys have the defense in a good spot, despite some of those injuries. It is so good to have those guys. I'm so glad people talked about trading Patrick Quinn and all that. This is the strength. I'm so happy to see them for a full season together.
1: Sarah Roquan also hit the history books as well. According to ESPN stats and info, his 15 tackles, and you can, you can somehow log 15 tackles rather quietly. That was not Roquan today, 15 (laughs) tackles. Are the most in a season opener in Ravens franchise history. Ray had 14 tackles in three different openers throughout his legendary career. So again, it, it's, it's a slippery slope to, to make those comparisons. I know people get a little sensitive. They get a little edgy when, when you start to, some do, I know a lot of row is beloved in this town and he certainly wants nothing to do with comparisons to Ray. Cause he feels like he has a lot more to accomplish, which he does but goodness gracious, do they play a similar brand of football just in terms of pride, effort, skill level. It's it's so fun to watch, and we're going to continue to say it because we're so fired up about it, and it was a full summer's project, but we just can't wait to speak with him tomorrow. So it's just going to be – I can't wait for his perspective. Uh, it's fresh off of all of this. We can talk about what, what the locker room's doing internally right now with the injuries. We can talk about the rustiness. We can talk about his play alongside PQ. Uh, there, there's really so many angles. And again, we just want to be respectful of his time as well. So those of you who, who want you know long, extended shows, maybe maybe we can work up to that. But we are going to try to keep to that 20-minute that mark uh, starting on Monday just because it is a recovery day for him. And he's doing this really uh, very, very generously.
2: Um the, the you you talked about Ray Lewis. Look, they're 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 two different human beings, but w- here's what I what I do like. Number one, I mean, those type of numbers are like Ray Lewis numbers, 16, 16 combined tackles, a sack in a in a high-leverage situation. That's a big deal. The other thing that <clears throat> I'm hoping will happen because of the we remember the impact he had when Eric Dacosta traded for him last season and just the impact it had on the defense. Here's the other thing. People would talk about with Ray Lewis how it's like if Ray Lewis believes and if Ray Lewis is putting in work, then I better put in work and I better believe and I better not give up. When somebody when you have an injury to somebody like Marcus Williams, which by the way there there was a follow-up tweet from Ian Rappaport on that. He said that he is he does have full range of motion and the the pain is limited. So I mean, that definitely gives hope. That it's not totally, totally serious. Um, but but again, we'll we'll wait to see on that. But if Mark, if if Roquan Smith plays like there's no excuses, that we just lost our starting safety, who probably is the guy that would create the most interceptions for this team. If Roquan Smith doesn't blink, then you better believe Geno Stone can't blink in Roquan. Yeah. miss presence you can't have Hamilton blink and Roquan Smith's presence nobody on that defense can link when you got a can blink when you got a guy like that and that's the type of stuff you pay him for obviously for the the stuff he did like stopping a fourth down in a high leverage situation but then this is this is where he also earns his money is by being this leader and pushes everybody to keep going no matter what happens around them
1: Want to also mention a, a couple other defenders up front who I thought, you know, again, you may not see him a ton in the stat sheet per se, but Jadavian Clowney and Adafe Owe put their stamp on this one, Sarah. They were all over the place. And I know I tweeted one specific video in, in the beginning. I think it was in the opening quarter where Jadavian had CJ dead to rights and he knew it. And he just flat out missed. And give CJ some credit. He's a very he's got mobility, but Jadavian, at, initially, I'm thinking to myself, gosh, that looks like a guy who missed another training camp. But to his credit, he was reckless today. He was a, he was a game impactor today. And I thought Owe established a great presence on the edge with CJ, making him uncomfortable. Several several QB hits. And uh, I, I, that was great to see for a guy who, obviously, it's a pivotal year for a guy in Adafe. I see some folks asking about Justin Matabike, Yes, he did have those two face masks, but I thought he was wreaking some havoc in there. Travis Jones had a penalty, but he was wreaking havoc. So, you know, overall, it's hard to really, I, I really don't want to make any crazy statements about today's performance from a defensive line standpoint, Sarah, because Houston's offensive line, I think three of the five guys were, were basically not even a part of this, this team, you know? So it, it's tough to really evaluate. I think we'll find out more, Next week with Cincinnati, a more formidable foe, if you will, but a good start nonetheless for that group.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a good start. Again, it's interesting because the Ravens finished with, um, let's see, a sack for Roquan, sack for Queens, sack for Darius Washington. We haven't talked about him too much yet. Um, And then a sack for Matabike. Oh, my gosh, Matabike. This is almost...
1: 295
2: almost 3. Him. <laughs> he was down though. Six, First he had to run three. him down.
1: Oh yeah, he stalked his prey. 63 <laughs> 295 is running probably like a 4 something. The guy was absolutely all over CJ, timed it perfectly. Awesome angle and then finished the play. That was impressive from a dude his size.
2: Very very impressive. Clean up those face masks. Yes. We know it hasn't been a problem in the past, so we're just going to ask you to clean those up. But we loved the 11-yard sack from Matabike. So anyway, most of the sacks were not from the outside linebackers. Obviously, David Ajabo, he got his. Let me just pull this up quickly. Uh, The screen grab for David Ajabo. I mean, look at that. I wish I could zoom in even more. I mean, he is right there. Here's the thing about David Ajabo is it's like I feel like so far anyway, we go back into last season against the Bengals. He seems to like so far show a knack for having like these big moments, like these big play moments. So even if he's not out there, play after play after play and sealing the edge and all that kind of stuff. But like he had the, the forced fumble against the Bengals. He's got a forced fumble here. Ravens recover. Um, I like that. I like to see all that kind of stuff. Clowney had two sacks in his grasp, you know, and you know, he was upset with himself. He's for sure wanted to do it against his former team. So it's, it's just so, so it's a lot of sacks. It looks like it's five total. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Five total. That's a great number. Lots of pressure from O.A. and Clowney for sure. It's just, uh, can these guys finish? But listen, you don't know football if you don't think that those pressures mean something, that it starts to disrupt a play. Obviously, you want to finish it with the sack, but it does mean something. So we want to see Clowney and O.A. finish. But I, like to your point, like I felt like the pressure was very good. But keep it in context. So we covered the game. It was very good. Keep it in context. As you said, lots of missing offensive linemen. For the Texans, they're probably rusty too. So can they carry it over and have consistency throughout the rest of the season? But great start with five sacks in week one.
1: Just some honorable mentions for QB hits. I mean, obviously we already talked about Roquan. His stat line's just absurd. 16 tackles, eight of which were solo. A sack, two tackles for loss, and a QB hit. I mean, it's just ridiculous. PQ, he had a QB hit to go along with a sack. Arder- <clears throat> Excuse me, Darius Washington had a QB hit to go along with that sack. He had also a tackle for loss. Awesome to see our Darius involved. Adafe, like I said, three. I didn't know he had three. I thought he had a couple. Three quarterback hits for Adafe to go along with. Three total tackles. Justin Matabike had that QB hit. Jadavian had one. Broderick Washington had one as well. So they did come from a variety of different ways, both in the quarterback hit department, the pressure department, and also finishing plays in the form of sacks. Before we go any further, and we, we're not going to go too too long too much longer here, we wanted to let you know that, like we mentioned at the top, today's post game show is exclusively sponsored by our friends at CyberTech. They will be supporting us over the next month or so here in post game live stream form, and they are the sponsor of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith premiering tomorrow as well across our channels. Uh, it's a next generation local recruiting, resourcing, and and uh, outsourcing firm. We're talking about a new way to acquire resources, whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff, or just seeking to outsource a business or technical function, CyberTech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, CyberTech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. That's a promise. Cybertech has over 40 years of combined experience and working with some of the largest organizations in the Baltimore area and nationally. and we're even going to give you the option too if you're interested, you can meet myself, you can meet Sarah and the Cybertech team. You can meet us virtually. you can meet the team in person or virtually for an introduction and you can do so by shooting an email to the one that we have included in the show notes below. And we just want to say thank you, Cybertech for an awesome partnership that we're looking forward to launching beginning in this show. What else haven't we covered?
2: Well, I think I just got, we'll give an AFC North kind of big picture look, and then maybe we'll take one or two questions. I know we got one in the queue. So uh, if we got any questions, start, start getting them in. Um, Some of the questions we covered the information early in the show, but we can, we can revisit a couple of them, but just to have a look at the AFC North after week one, remember that the Bengals and Browns played each other. So uh, there was going to be somebody that was going to win in the AFC North, but the Ravens, after week one, are tied at the top with the Browns. Ravens have that win, tw- 25-9 over Houston. Browns beat the Bengals 24-3. Oh, 24-3. Oof. 24-3. The Bengals, again, I'm not writing them off at all. They've had a tumultuous Don't preseason. but Nobody uh, yeah, do it. That, it would be a bad idea to write them off, but they obviously have some work to do. Yeah. Um, Bengals on the flip side, so now they're in, tied for third um, with only putting up three points. And then the Steelers, oh, woof, 7-30 to versus San Francisco, <laughs> loss. So, oh, my goodness, looks like a lot of the AFC North has some some work to do. So, <clears throat> yeah, the Ravens seem to be obviously in pretty good shape. So, why don't we start taking a couple questions, then we'll close up. We're already over an hour here. Yeah, one other
1: note, too, just on the division that I had sure. that, that concerns next week's opponent, which is which is Cincinnati in Cincinnati, Ravens, Bengals, Jack Conklin, the, the starting right tackle. Uh, I'm sorry, it's actually for Cleveland, so it's not next week, but who knows how serious it might be. Jack Conklin for Cleveland, Cleveland's right tackle, so just want to make that clear. He was carted off the field with a knee injury earlier today. Uh, he's been, he was immediately ruled out of the game and looked to be in major distress. So just something to look out for there. And I think something that we can probably maybe get to <laughs> will Jones, <laughs> Sarah. Woof.
2: Well, that's you're, obviously a home alone reference. Okay. Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. I've been well, watching that since I was a little kid.
1: You're funny because somebody tweeted at me that I'm starting to like, we're starting to spend too much time together. I said, bananas in a tweet. And he was like, "That's a Sarah phrase." I'm like, "Well, we spend more time with each other than we do our families virtually, so yeah. I mean, it probably is a Sarah phrase."
2: <laughs> but he's right yeah. though.
1: But I just said it, not even thinking that. But you do say bananas a lot. That I do is say it, but- bananas. You yeah. say.
2: <laughs> I that you got. I was wondering if, when you typed it, if you if you wrote it in your mind the way I said it. That is bananas. Of yeah. Of course. Okay. All right. So. First question here comes from X2, who also gave us um, a super chat. Thank you for that, the, the the donation there. And he said, which injured player would the Ravens miss the most? For those who are just tuning in, obviously, we know that Linderbaum, J.K., um, Marcus Williams, and Stanley are the four new injuries from this game. Obviously, Mark Andrews, he should be coming back in week two. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Bobby? Who who do you think the Ravens will miss the most? And I'm also seeing lots of questions, any updates. Only have the update on Marcus Williams, Torn Peck. Sounds like he can miss a chunk of the season, so a chance that he could be back. J.K. Dobbins, he's out for the season that was confirmed by the team, and we're waiting for MRIs on Stanley and Linderbaum. The good news is, is they both walked off the field under their own power after their legs got uh, rolled up on. So who do you think, Bobby?
1: Well, that's what's kind of tricky about the question because both those guys walked off on their own power. So I, I almost don't want to pessimistically be like, well, it's got to be one of them because I don't think it's, it doesn't, it didn't look it wasn't serious enough to not be able to walk off. You know? So, I mean, look, I think they're going to be okay without JK. They won't be what they could be with JK, but Gus has proven that when healthy, the dude can be a bell cow. The guy is as durable as it gets. And aside from the, of course, the 2021 season where he tore his ACL, but I really feel confident about Gus. And I feel confident about a a running back by committee that said, if you were to bring up Melvin Gordon and you're, you have Gus justice and Melvin. Yeah. It doesn't look as good as it could, but I'm less worried about that room because of all the playmaking talent around it, than I am with Marcus going down. Just because you could just ill afford. They already so banged up in the secondary, and there's a big question mark, Sarah, as to why Rock has seen like why was he so MIA? Is he just out of the depth chart at this point? They Jeff Szrebeck mentioned a note towards the end of the game that it was he thought it was the first time that he saw Rock. Rocky's been available for weeks since the end of training camp. So anyway, not to get off on a tangent there, maybe that's something we explore more this upcoming week, but I guess I'll go Marcus. How about you?
2: Well, I do want to say um, it is interesting that Rocky scene was not out there. Um, As Ian Rappaport said on our show, the Ravens gave Rocky a scene, Marcus Peters money. Yeah. Right. It was like his, his wording. That's disappointing that he's not out there week one. Instead, you have Ronald Darby, who looked good. Okay, I thought, like, especially his tackling his was phenomenal. Um, you know, gave up some receptions for sure, as, as all cornerbacks do. But here you got Ronald Darby, who joined the team Oh, a couple weeks ago when we learned about uh, Marlon Humphrey's foot. And by the way, Marlon Humphrey is not on IR. I am seeing some comments that he can't come back till week five. He can come back before then. And the fact they didn't put him on IR means they're pretty confident he's going to be back within these, uh, I don't know, I'd say by week three. Otherwise, why not just put him on IR? Um, it would be really nice if you could get him back for Joe Burrow and company, but I don't, I'm not predicting that. Yeah. Um, so that's disappointing with Rocky Asien. You've been here. Sure, he got injured too, but he's been here longer than Darby. Darby's coming off that ACL, I believe, and then he comes in here and wins the starting job with Stevens. Like I thought they both held it down pretty good. Again, you're you're going up against a rookie in a, in a new offense and all these things, so you can't get too excited yet. But that is disappointing. You You paid him to be your starter, and he's not out there. So that's something yeah. to follow up on for sure. But to get back to the question, it all, it, like you well, said, it depends help on how uh-huh.
1: I just throw this in. Cause this might help your answer not to cut you off again, but this could help your answer because Diana Rossini just tweeted out and I'm not setting this up for negativity. This is good. Uh, finally, Diana Rossini of the athletic tweets that Ronnie Stanley left Baltimore's win Sunday with a knee injury, but two league sources say it does not seem serious. Stanley's still going to get that MRI. So again, two league sources are telling her that Ronnie's is not serious, which is what it indicated when he walked off on his own power. So, sorry.
2: Good. Now, what that means, not serious, that probably means not a season ender. But we all know the Ravens, especially with Ronnie after his ankle, are going to let him come back on his time. He's going to be more conservative based off of what he's been through. So, I don't know when that means he's going to come back. But because it's not season ending, I will not pick Ronnie. If Ronnie was out, for longer he's hands down the one that you would miss the most hands down,
1: thousand percent
2: right and Linderbaum I have a lot of look I'm glad that we're getting hope at the end of this right there's hope that that Marcus Williams will only be gone for a chunk of the season rather than the whole season same with Ronnie Stanley and what gives me hope about Linderbaum is he walked off under his own power too now maybe he's just a tough guy I've seen guys walk off and look (laughs) fine, and then you find out that he's like lost his whole knee and Linderbaum is a super tough guy so hopefully not but so, maybe I'm grasping at shot straws with this hope, but the way he walked off gave me hope. So, that would leave Marcus Williams uh, being the guy that they would miss the most because you just need those turnovers. And I think he's their best guy to, to make interceptions. Yeah. Let's see. All right. Last question here. Yeah. Okay. So, here we go from um, Dread Dog 679. Thank you for the donation. I appreciate you for that. He says Are we disappointed with the lack of offensive formation? We barely saw Lamar under center. Love you guys. We love you too. Um, uh, it's Listen, it's fine for you to keep watching it. There's nothing after week one other than injuries that I'm going to be disappointed about. I'm, I said this earlier. I do think Todd Munkin was trying to call a more vanilla game. I don't feel like there was a lot of, you know, wrinkles or pushing the ball down the field or anything like that. Um, obviously there was the, the sloppiness and, and all of that, but I really do think from, from the idea of playing it safe with, with Mark Andrews, not pushing the ball. I feel like the Ravens are playing for week two. I think that that's what they wanted to win this obviously. And they did, and they did it solidly. Like the the Texans never really threatened them but I think that they are really playing for week two in this AFC North. So I'm going to hold judgment on what this offense looks like, at least to the first quarter of the season.
1: Nothing else needs to be said there. Thanks so much for the super chat donations and, and all the support. We had over 700 people in this live stream to kick off week one, which is awesome, awesome stuff. And as always, we want to shout out, and this, all of these guys, all of these folks came in for the first time after the Roquan announcement, which was awesome. So a great way to support us is through Patreon. We talk about it often, and we shout out folks at a $4.99 rate who are willing to support the show. That's the incentive monthly. $4.99 gets you a monthly shout-out. And these three are three of our newest patrons in the aftermath of the Roquan announcement. So David Cool uh, or Kuhl, honestly... I, I should I should have reached out to all three of these folks for for uh, enunciation, but David, Cole, Eve, Efrain, Ribeiro, and Major Offense or Major Offense. We appreciate you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. Yes, I'm not Sarah's not the only one that can botch things. I'm in that as well. I'm I'm not immune to that. You know.
2: Listen, I mostly botch names. I don't botch a ton of other stuff. It's it's names. <laughs>
1: I Just to make that, it clear, that, that was a little bit. Yeah, I, I should have been a little bit more detailed there, but uh, <laughs> but David, Efrain, Major, we appreciate you guys. And, and again, if, if you're interested in supporting what we're doing, a great way to do so is by visiting Patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. So again, we kickstart inside the vault with Roquan Smith on Monday, powered by Cybertech, our friends at Cybertech who are getting us off the ground this football season we're so thrilled to be partnering with the great team led by Ali and uh, and and Kenny but Sarah as we mentioned we are scheduled tomorrow morning on Monday to tape we're going to record all of these with Roquan and then it will be released later that day just have some patience with us Roquan's schedule I'm sure is going to be changing you know rather sporadically throughout the season that's just how it goes when when you do something that's so unique uh to the non-traditional media space like this I think it comes with patience it requires patience and so we're going to try our best to do that we hope that you'll do the same um but we're just so thrilled to kind of kickstart this thing starting tomorrow we're so thrilled that Roquan's marketing agency believed enough and saw enough in us to to believe that this was you know the the right partnership for their guy and we're certainly not going to disappoint them whatsoever. So be on the lookout. Thank you, all 700 plus concurrents of you that joined us live here across all of our channels. If you haven't already done so, things that are free that will really help us out: like the video, leave a rating. If you're listening in the aftermath of the audio-only space, um, subscribe to all the channels if you haven't already done so. The Bobby Trossat YouTube channel, of course, the Vault as well, and and as of last week. The vault is actually on Twitter, so our handle is at Ravens Vault. It's going to be a great place to get Roquan at a glance. We're going to be putting out small little segments to tease the show leading up to the release. So look forward to that. And if there's any other housekeeping, Sarah, that I haven't gotten to, that uh, feel free to close us out.
2: Just thank you for the engagement, everybody that that's been here. I feel like there's been over 800 comments, like. It's one thing to listen, but kind of like be off and kind of be mindless. Maybe you're doing dishes as you're listening, this and that. Thank you for the engagement. Like you're listening. That's awesome. So appreciate everybody that's here and uh, can't wait to to do it again every week for 17 weeks, hopefully more weeks.
1: I'm just realizing that Laura, she gave us a $20 one earlier on in the show. And it was, there was a question in there. I don't know why these streaming channels keep, Spamming us, but if you're in there, guys, oh, and you see those spamming things, no. I've been hitting, I've been banning them. I think I banned like four or five different streaming accounts throughout this one alone. So if you guys can oh, do thank that, thank you. It's always helpful. But uh, Laura asked earlier on that she wanted to meet me and, and how to guess best get in touch. If you go to my YouTube channel or you go anywhere across all my platforms, I'm very easy to reach privately through DM. So Laura, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at Bobby Baltimore, Facebook. You can email me as well, RF Trosset with one T at the end at Gmail. Uh, Very easy to reach and look forward to connecting with you. So I think with that, yeah, just wanted to hop on the bandwagon with you, Sarah, and say thank you to everybody for the engagement. It's a great way to start the season. It wasn't perfect, but what week one is, we are so jacked up about what's to come. As I went off on an insane tangent earlier on about, I'm super fired up about this season and everything that's to come. So again, thank you to our friends at CyberTech. Thank you to you, the viewer, the listener, for supporting us and you guys are our employers you know we want to service you so hit us up we want feedback negative positive anywhere in the middle really honestly via email is a great way to do that baltimore ravens vault at gmail.com is a way to find us and uh again we will talk to you on sometime monday with the exclusive roquan smith show inside the vault powered by our friends at cybertech for my co-host and sarah L. Ell- I'm getting to the point where it's time to close because I have the, the energy drinks
2: first. are wearing off.
1: I need to go chug Red Bulls right now, and I might do it at the CBS across the street. Anyway, for Sarah, I'm Bobby. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for joining us inside the bar.